Let's start with uh, the parable of the talents um, in Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read through it. I think there's some very important points for us to take note of. Uh, but Matthew 25 and verse 14 to 30. Uh, you could follow along. I'll be reading from the NLT. It says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Some... Um, Translations will say talents, but I'll be interchanging like talents and gifts as I'm reading it. Uh, but yeah, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from the trip and then called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he was entrusted, the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you have given me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now I think a lot of us have read this passage before. So to some it may be the first time or just a refresher. But one of the first things that jumps out to me and that we need to take note of is when it comes to talent, it's all about stewardship. Once we have that foundation, 
then we're able to utilize our talents better. What do I mean by stewardship? It means that our talents are given to us, but they're not really our own. When you think of talents, when you think of skills and gifts, there are things that are given to people, but they're not for themselves. They're so, you're meant to share it with the world. You're meant to share it with your family, with your friends, with essentially people you come across with. And that stewardship lets us know that it's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. You may have a gift for singing, but you're not meant to be just singing to your bathroom towels. You may have a way with numbers. You're not meant to just be keeping that to yourself. There's so many skills and talents we have. But first of all, we must understand that we are entrusted with it. We didn't give ourselves those gifts and talents, even though we may have worked on them. So we must remember we are being stewards and we have to be faithful stewards of what we've been given. There's a few more verses that I'll just briefly highlight. You could also write them down to read later. But 1 Peter 4 verse 10 talks about us being faithful stewards with our gifts towards one another. Matthew 5, 14 to 16 talks about us being a light of the world, a city set on a hill that should not be hidden. Daniel 12 verse 3 talks about us shining, that those who are wise will shine bright their lights and would also lead many to righteousness. You see, there's a pattern here. There's, it's, it's always about more than the person who has the gift or the talent. Romans 12, <clears throat> excuse me, Verse 6 to 8 talks about the different gifts people have in the church. I guess these are more spiritual gifts, uh, but like the ability to teach, the ability to preach. Um, if you have a very charitable personality, but also doing your best with what you have been given. And lastly, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that we are God's masterpiece and we have been made new in Christ Jesus. And that's to do the good works he has already prepared for us in advance for us to do. So we see again that there's always a responsibility with the gifts and the talents and the skills that we have been given. And there's also one thing that before I even go further, you must have heard the term self-made a lot and it's, it's one that kind of grinds my gears when I think about it because like, we, like we've seen here, nobody gives themselves talent or give themselves gifts. Um, but a lot of people may consider themselves self-made because they had to do a lot of work to get where they were. Um, they didn't have it easy, maybe came from a broken home or very disadvantageous conditions. And that's something that's very commendable to make something of yourself uh, with very poor conditions. But we have to understand that nobody gets through life alone. It's either somebody helped you along the way, showed you some kindness, nurtured you, or even if you didn't have that, you may have taken advantage of somebody's kindness. You may call it smart, but it's somebody who was being also kind and forgiving and maybe if you took advantage of them to get where you are. Um, another thing is 
we see like in the parable of the sowers as well we see that each one of them was given a portion of talent and one thing that the servant with one bag of silver said he said um i knew you were a wicked servant that you are you are trying to harvest where you didn't cultivate and gather where you didn't plant and i think that also feeds into the psyche of people who would consider themselves self-made because again they did the work right they put their skills to use whether it's street smarts or invested in themselves one way or the other but the bible tells us in first corinthians 3 6 to 7 that some like it was paul and apollos that were talking about the impact of the church people were arguing about who should follow and who did what but some plants some water but it is god who gives increase now if you apply that passage to this it's the same way god has given us each talent he may not be the one uh, like we have the responsibility to tend to those talents we have to grow them we have to cultivate them so we invest in in our talents we put them to good use but we shouldn't forget that it's god who has given us those talents and he's the one responsible for the increase so that's also where the person with one talent got it wrong i also want us to remember that every gift we have is an opportunity to partner with god because the reality is god doesn't need us for anything he loves us he chose us he called us but he can get it done with anyone or anything uh, like if you remember when the people were praising and rejoicing in um, Jesus's triumphant entry and the Pharisees were telling them to tell that his disciples the people to keep quiet yeah I said even if I do the stones themselves will rise up and praise him so we should be confident in what we've been given but we shouldn't be overconfident we shouldn't think that we are irreplaceable um, I always like to go to the Bible with everything and use those references. Even when Mordecai uh, was trying to get Esther to petition the king on behalf of the people. Because Esther had risen to prominence, she was a queen over the land. And it was something that would have put herself in jeopardy by going to the king unannounced. Well, he said that she should not believe that salvation won't arise from another place. And perhaps she was there for such a time as this. So that again is speaking to our importance, the significance that we have, the opportunity we have to partner with God, to do what he's called us to do, which is for our good, but for his glory. Because I feel a lot of people wants the spotlight but at the same time as we are light we have to remember light doesn't shine for itself light shines that others might see so we're always meant to be directing that to god and giving glory to him not everybody is going to be a pastor not everybody is going to be a worship minister but in whatever we do whatever we do we're meant to do it well and give glory to God 
while we're doing it. Whether it's through our talking or through our skills, but we always have to remember, again, it's bigger than us. And we were given these gifts. We've been entrusted with them. And there's so many other people that are connected to our gifts. So we have a responsibility to use them. Um, so now when it comes to discovering talents, I believe most of us will probably know that already. But I guess for the sake of people who might be watching this at a later time, is when it comes to discovering talents, we have to really seek God on what it is he has given us. Um, and one way you also know is some of the things that come naturally to you. It could be that you've always been good, uh, had a way with words, so good with poetry, or always been inquisitive about how things work and just know how to build things and disassemble them, reassemble them. And those kind of things give you pointers about um, your talents, what God has blessed you with, whatever the gift is. Um, another way to find out is when being in community. So we, we will always get opportunities to use our skills or even to try out different things, whether it's serving in church or maybe a responsibility in the classroom or in an ex extracurricular activity. And the more we're in community, the more we're able to discover these things because no one is an island on their own. Sometimes you have to try things out uh, to see whether it's for you or not. Um, so these are just some of the ways we can discover our talents. You know, we could get advice from mentors. We could be in training programs. But there is one thing I want to highlight here is there's a very real danger of us making our talents our idols. Now, what do I mean by that? An idol is anything that you make a God or you worship, you give your time and devotion to in a way that you should only be given to God. It's like when you put your trust and your faith and your confidence in something else that isn't God, one way you could do that is when, when we forget that God loves to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak things uh, to confound the strong. God may have given us different talents and skills, but we, we shouldn't put all our hope and trust in them because that's a misplacement of where our identity is. Personally, I can relate to having a misplaced identity, having identity in my work. I thought that's what made me valuable. That's what made me appreciated. That's what made me loved. And at the end of the day, it's something that can't be maintained. It just, it crushes you when you have your identity put in the wrong thing. So even though we cater to, even though we develop our talents, we work on them, we must always give that room to know that God may not want to use that right now. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So as much as we're developing our, our talents and our skills, don't put all your confidence and your hope and your trust in those skills. If you think about 
Moses who um, God told to go talk to his people and go talk to Pharaoh so that he could set his people free. Moses was telling God that I have a speech deficiency in case you've forgotten. Like I, there's a problem in my speech. And God responds that I'm the one who puts, who made mouths, like, who gave human beings their mouth. I know what is in you. But if he was only trying to rely on his strength, which one could say he did before when he tried to, when he killed an Egyptian slave master, we miss the points. We always have to be led by the Holy Spirit to know what it is that he wants us to do at any given time. Sometimes he wants you to use your strength and your skills. Sometimes he wants to use your weakness. But we have to remember it's always for our good and for his glory. So that's just something to remember while discovering talents. Now, the next part I have here is reasons why we tend to hesitate or run from using our talents. Um, and I just wrote down a list. You may be able to relate to some of them. Uh, the first one I have here is fear. So a lot of the time, the reason why we don't want to use our talents is we might feel insecure in them. It might feel that we are not enough or it is not enough. Perhaps we've been listening to a lot of negative self-talk about people more than we've been listening to what God has to say about us. And that begins to affect how we see things. Sometimes it's the fear of failure. Perhaps we've tried different things before in the past and it didn't work out well. And it it's restricts us from doing what we are called to do. I've felt that <laughs> many times. Uh, one embarrassing story that happened to me in my 100 level was, was it 200 levels? There was this voice singing 200 uh, competition, voice XI. So I passed the audition phase and it went great. I was really happy about that. And then the first round, um, we were all meant to be at the venue at a specific time. But it seems earlier in the day, they had made an announcement to change it and I wasn't aware. So I ended up, um, they moved it up earlier in the day. So I was very panicked and rushing. I hadn't done any warm up. I rushed over to the venue and I think I got there just in time. One of the last people to sing and it was a hot mess. I was off key. I like, I, it was just really bad. I didn't even know all the words because I wasn't prepared. And I can't say that since then it hasn't affected some of the courses that I took in life or some of the steps that I made. Because when that kind of failure affects you, you suddenly start to discount everything that has been planted in you. And it's, and it's very easy to just highlight and focus on all the negatives. I've tried this before, it didn't work out. Why should I ever think, do I want to make a fool of myself yet again, pursuing music? How much more when I'm, when I'm 30, in the third decade of my life? But the thing is, if God has put something on the inside of you, he put it there for a reason. 
And what the devil loves to do is to try and kill those talents, to kill those dreams, especially when it's in seed form. So that's something we have to be mindful of. When we have fears and insecurity, one of the things is knowing who we share these things with. And even when life's experiences affect us, we always have to go back to God for him to reveal to us and remind us who we are and whose we are so we don't get distracted. Another reason I have here is pride. So sometimes I find we may not want to use our talents because we're being somewhat picky or maybe we want a bigger platform or we want bigger recognition. We feel like we we deserve more. But we have to remember that we are meant to be faithful in a little. If we're faithful in a little, then we can be entrusted with more. These are the kind of things that build character. When you have the opportunity to serve maybe in a small group or to serve in your local church, and maybe you think you know that your talent, like what God has given you is, is meant to go across the nations and to reach the world. You always have to start with what you have. And God always honors that. And God always honors that. We see that in the parable. Those who were faithful in what they had, God gave them more. He gave them more. That's how it's meant to be. Another reason I have here is timidity. Now, I've been someone who's been timid most of my life. I thank God that God has delivered me from that because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah, and when it comes to timidity, we... The funny part is timidity is also somewhat of a sin against God. And why I say that is we are downplaying what God has put on the inside of us, God's power. See, he's put something on us and and we may tell ourselves that, oh, I don't think it's that good or I am not really interested in using this. But again, we are denying people who are meant to be beneficiaries of what God has given us. And we always need to have a good understanding of the difference between timidity pride and humility because humility swings right in the middle of timidity and pride because humility is not bowing your head low and like whenever someone asks you if you could do something you're skilled at like no i can't really that's no humility that's that's false humility if anything and i know some of us do that i think i even grew up with that kind of mentality that that's being humble but no if you if you are a doctor and there's people who need treatment it's not humility to deny them your gifts to not tell people hey this is my service or this is what i'm able to do this is what i've been gifted with and i can render this service that's the absolute humility is understanding what you've been given Thinking of yourself, how God thinks of you. No more, no less. So we're not meant to be shrinking to make people feel comfortable. At the same time, we shouldn't have overinflated egos as we go about. We have to think modestly. I forget the Bible verse, 
but thinking about ourselves soberly like in sober reflection not thinking too highly of ourselves at the same time we are made in the image of god so we shouldn't be thinking less of ourselves than we are um there's two more i have here for reasons another is rejection uh probably the fear that people won't accept us as we are or that people will make fun of us and it's very hard being vulnerable rejection i think is something that all of us can relate to at one point or the other i feel like i personally am very well <laughs> acquainted with rejection but when you let god deal with all these broken pieces they become strengths because you're not able to bounce back a lot quicker if you've been acquainted with rejection all your life and you just keep going it's so much easier to bounce back your recovery time is quicker because you have confidence not only in what you have and in yourself but also that who's backing your play this is god that's leading us we're being led by the holy spirit and we have to remember that another reason is we might think that it's already being done i put it as i guess an oversaturated market like if somebody is already doing it what what difference would it make whether or not i decide to do it i used to tell myself that all the songs in the world have already been written that <laughs> i don't think there's anything i can add but there's so many songs that are being churning churned out on a daily basis there's so many building projects that are being produced there's always a new world's tallest building or the most this or most that there's always something new and even if you're not doing something that's great in that sense like that's kind of significance there's an audience that each and every one of us that only us can cater to there's a kind of emotional credit that you have with your neighbors with your coworkers with your friends with the people in the groups you're with that the most influential person doesn't have that kind of emotional credit there's an impact that we have so we must not overlook those things it's very important to understand that because again there's so even when you think about fast foods and restaurants there's so many and so many will keep on coming up and guess what they all have their audiences they all have their customers so based on all these reasons we have to remember that the key point should be if god said it that's all that matters everything else has to cater to and follow to what god has said now developing talent it definitely takes time talent is not enough i'm sure we can all think of different maybe in different sports different wonder kids that we all thought like this person is amazing but they didn't kind of reach the expectation that we had for them likewise in our lives if we are given different talents if we don't work on them they aren't just going to grow we have to invest our time our money our resources we have to invest in people again going back to that parable the man 
with one one talent just buried it in the ground but he didn't tend to it it's very interesting because when you bury something and when you plant it the actions are really similar they both go in the ground but when you plant you also water you cater and cultivate it but this man just hid it in the ground he, he just let it rot so he had received this talent but it wasn't being worked on it wasn't being developed not even interest was made on it the next part i want to talk about is the some of the attitudes and the heart postures that we should have when it comes to talent and the first thing i wrote down here is that it needs to be marked by the fruit of the spirit now we we have to again remember that we are given these gifts but they're not ours we are stewards of these gifts so even when you find yourself in a position that you're doing something for the church it's not enough to just do it in his name the heart matters it has to be marked by love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness and self-control we don't get to live wayward lives and then we want to put hands on people and anoint them or it's 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 you were not allowing god's spirit to really flow through that we have to live lives that are holy and acceptable to him so even when we have our gifts because there's a lot of people who may be doing things for god but they're doing it without him and it tells in the end we have to always remember that we are not doing this by ourselves we are living we are representatives of christ in everything that we do so the the intentionality and the hearts behind everything we do matters uh the next thing i have here which i already touched on is we have to perfect our craft so we have to tend to it we have to develop these skills we need to put in the necessary time the necessary um hours but also that it's okay to develop in the dark i feel like we were in an age where we feel we always have to be seen we always have people always know, have to know what we're up to like if we're working on a project we have to tease it people need to know we're training and developing and that in itself is not bad you can do that but sometimes we we feel that without that we're not doing anything we feel like we're not uh well kind of losing our significance instant gratification yeah we we need to be not be a microwave generation we want like we do this today and then tomorrow we're we're killing it everybody knows our name because there isn't really anything like an overnight success people have been working at it training hard training and doing the, the necessary sacrifices and discipline in the dark so we shouldn't glorify when we see so like when we see the effort the important thing is that you are doing the work the world doesn't have to see you in that phase so don't feel obliged that you have to the same way before a butterfly 
or before a said lava becomes a butterfly, it goes into that confinement, a caterpillar. Thank you. And it's obscured from the world in that time. It's hidden, but it's hidden for the right purpose. Uh, the third thing I want to mention is that we, sh when, when it comes to our talents, uh, the attitude we should have is we should also look to collaborate and to honor others. We can't afford to be envious in what we're doing. I was watching a sermon the other day uh, with Transformation Church and Travis Green was the one who was preaching. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, God can never trust you with what you envy because you'll be willing to replace him with it. And when I was really thinking about it, it's like, that's, that's really, really interesting because that thing will be competing for the place of God in your heart. Whatever you envy, it goes back to you putting your trust and your confidence in that thing as well. That maybe if I get this contract, then I will be successful. Like if I can have the family that this person has or the support system that person has, then I would be. We start to negate what God has given us already and what he wants to give with us. It's, it will change our personality and it will corrupt the character when we're envious of other people's gifts. Instead, we should appreciate them. We should honor them. We should be inspired by those kind of things. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27, we see how the body has many members. You know, no part is more significant, whether it's the arm or the eye or the leg. They all come together as one body to serve the same function, even though they have different roles and responsibilities. And I feel like the world doesn't always get that i saw a tiktok that made me laugh the other day there was a guy who went to his local mcdonald's and he went to the drive-thru and placed an order um, but it turned out that the place was closed so he had to go to the door and the manager had to refund him and i was a little upset and i was asking questions that where are all the workers when you when you need them and the funny thing is a lot of us, of people can easily turn their nose down on maybe people who work at a job like that, maybe McDonald's or retail. But the funny part is they are essential. All these roles are essential. You see, COVID changed things. So of course, when people, um, everybody wants to aspire to be better and to have a better job and have a remote uh, job, I think that's, that's what I want anyway. <laughs> but remote jobs and better paying jobs, better benefits. But we always have to appreciate even those who are doing things that are deemed by the world less significant. Who is going to be flipping the burgers? Who is going to be washing the toilets? These are things that people need to do. Everything is significant, even though it's not all honored the same way. Um, and also one other key point that has really stuck with me is our attitude towards what we consider to be our competitors, especially if we're doing something for like for God. Our attitude towards that will actually expose if we're trying to build God's kingdom or ours. If we're envious, 
about this person if we are uh, trying to look for ways to upstage them it kind of shows that we're not in alignment because we're all here building god's kingdom again it's not about us it's bigger than us we're here to fulfill god's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven god jesus was praying um, that the workers are few that you should send out more people oh that's actually my next point but i'll get to that <laughs> the next one is encourage and empower others so we should always look to encourage those around us and we always want the people coming after us to do better than we did again it's not our legacy it's not our kingdom we're building it's god's kingdom so we also we, we should always want the people coming after us to even surpass what we did and when you think about what jesus did in matthew 9 37 to 38 who are saying that the workers are few, that the Father should send, pray that the Father sends more workers out into the field. He wants us to do greater works. And interesting, interestingly enough, in the next verse, Matthew 10, verse 1, Jesus then empowers his disciples. He calls them and he gives them the gifts. He empowers them to go out and heal the sick, to, to um, heal the blind to go and cast out spirits. So this is why we also need to encourage, empower, and collaborate with others. We're all working towards the same goal here. We just have different roles in it. And lastly, we need to make sure we keep Jesus the center of it all. We not only want to start well, but we want to finish well. You can probably think of people who started out on the right path, were completely sold out to Christ. And then the moment fame and success hits, they started to dabble and change their ways, change their values. It's, it means nothing to gain the whole world and lose our souls as a result. So we have to always make sure we stay grounded and we keep Jesus at the center, which means we must continually live surrendered lives and remind ourselves it's not about us, that we are just participating. We're, we're in a partnership with God to fulfill what he wants to do here on earth. Um, so just to recap some of what we spoke about, started with stewardship, that we're all called to be faithful stewards of what God has entrusted us with, uh, regardless of what talent it is. And when we're faithful with that, God gives us more. It could be more talents, it could be more responsibility, um, it could be more influence, but we must be found faithful in what we've been given. Uh, to discover our talents, we have to seek God on it. It's always good to get into community so that we can figure out the things that we should be doing, uh, the things that come naturally to us. People can help us discover our talents. And uh, some, and also we must remember not to make an idol out of our talents. We should use them, but should not put them at the pinnacle. We shouldn't put our hope and trust in them. Uh, reasons why we hesitate or run from our calling and from using our gifts. Uh, fear, 
pride, timidity, rejection, and sometimes we feel it's oversaturated. And in all this, we have to go back to God's word to combat that. Because they're real feelings, but God's word is his reader is truer than anything we could be experiencing. Uh, attitudes and hard postures, we should be marked by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in what we do. The hearts behind it matters. The heart behind what we do, it's not enough to do things for God without being led by Him, without representing Him. Uh, we have to perfect our craft and we should be okay with developing in the dark without leaning to instant gratification. We should also celebrate, collaborate, and honor others instead of being envious. We need to remember we're building God's kingdom, not ours. Um, we should also remember to encourage and empower others. We want people who are coming even behind us to do better than we are doing. So we should not try and stunt their growth or make them work the way we worked or labor the way we labored. No, we live a good foundation to build upon and the last point was to keep Jesus <laughs> at the center of it all now just two statements to conclude <laughs> is that excuse me at the end of the day God is judging us based on what he told us to do he's not comparing what our neighbor did versus what we did he gave each and every single one of us specific gifts and talents and skills to use, a specific calling. So you don't have to do the most. You just need to do what you've been asked to do, what you've been entrusted with. Thinking again about the story of the talents, um, he, you just have to do what, you have to make the most use of what you've been given, whether it's five or two, or one, and you'll be entrusted with more. And lastly, that we should be, we just need to be encouraged and make it a goal to leave this world empty, to not leave with the talents God has entrusted us. We shouldn't look down on them. If God has put it there, it's there for a reason, and there's people attached to that. At the end of the day, all we want to hear it's the same thing. Well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a little. And we want God to invite us to celebrate with him, to share in his blessings. Um, so that's what I, I have for us today. I hope it's been a blessing. I hope. And I pray that the Holy Spirit also lets us really meditate on this and see the things that perhaps, perhaps we're using some of our talents and not all. There might be things we've buried and forgotten, but for the Holy Spirit to bring that to remembrance and inspire us and encourage us to actually work on them and to not deny people of the gifts that we've been given. Um, I hope that's been a blessing. So I don't know if there's any questions or comments. I'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for sharing, Shion. This is awesome. I've I've been writing. It's, it's awesome. Thank you very much. Thank God. Thank you. So 
in order for for this to be practical mm-hmm. in order for it to kind of hit home for everyone of us i think uh, what may be good for us to do is each of us can be just reflect for a few moments on what talents do we already have which ones have we identified so i want us to put it put it in a list and and then we could after that begin to look at what opportunities will be presenting themselves for us to use those talents we don't have to share if you want to share that's fine but i think it will be helpful for all of us is just write down a couple of the things that we identify right now as our gifts and then maybe each of us can can share one or two of those gifts can we can we all do that <laughs>